Okay, so that's going. You just had to? <laughs> yeah, I waited to get record on that one. You could even help yourself on that one. Oh, man. Good stuff. Man. You gotta, I think this might be a new... I don't know about lengthwise, but I think this is the biggest agenda we've had ever on this show. At least quite some time, at least. I feel it, like. it definitely feels like it, man. We got some chunky shit on here. Well, every time we say that, we always do yeah, like an we hour. we plow through it. Yeah, we do like you an know hour. What it is, it's that mental game where it's like, oh, we got a lot of stuff we got to keep moving. You know, whereas if we have little stuff, we'll, we can spend like 20 minutes on a topic. Yeah. I, I think true. it's that like headspace that we're in, you know? Yeah. That probably has a lot to do with it. Most death. Can you please not ever again, please? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks. Not really. He's finding the file to I drag am. and drop. I'm I, an audio engineer. <laughs> I am, kind of. I am. I'm not totally useless. No. Not totally. No. Just, what, what's the motto? UPS always needs a warm body? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's a good one. But, um, so yeah, man, we're back. Even though it's not the intro, but yeah, man. Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, wait. Oh, he fucked it up. How about now? Yeah. Now are you ready? Yeah, yeah. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids Podcast, episode number 136. Wow, we are 136, huh? Oh, yeah, we're here. And we are back on a beautiful Sunday evening on the south side of Chicago, Illinois. Um, I apologize for not being able to have a show out last week. Reason being is our flight got delayed, so we were supposed to be pulling uh, like... Oh, nice. Would you get delayed by two hours? Yeah, just about. That's not too bad. We were, we were supposed to pull in like at six... And then we ended up pulling in like at eight, and by the time we got home, it was like nine. I'm like, yeah, I don't think Gabe's gonna want to come over. I had a flight delayed. Ah, oh, man, I was super young. I think by like seven hours. Holy shit! I was shit. on like a nine hour flight. So that was, what happened? Did the plane blow up? I don't know. <laughs> it was many, many moons ago when I was young. But oh no, that was no fun. Oh no, sleeping in an airport. Yeah, dude. Uh, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, yeah, man, we're back, and Gabe, it's been two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah, Good. since we've seen each other. How are you doing, buddy? Good, man. Uh, we house set. So that was fun. Yeah. Uh, your dogs love us now. Yeah. Because somebody showed them finally some affection. <laughs> Shut your ass up. <laughs> um, one of your dogs has a bald spot. I don't know if you've noticed yet, but now is a good time to go and check. Uh, your other dog has eyes now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well. They got into the birds, man. Yeah. So we did some yard work. We did some dog work. Um, this house has never looked as good as, as when we left. <laughs> yeah, man. But it's been, you know, average ass week and some change. Yeah. For sure, for sure. All right. Um, but yeah, man, we're, we're, we're back and we're ready to go ahead and get started because we do have a little bit of a thick boy agenda. We talked about that in the pre-roll. But yeah, we're back. All right, Gabe. Uh, <laughs> you got a... I saw something of interest in here. Dude, you know what? Um, what the... So I put down cheese grater incident. I don't recall what the cheese grater incident is, though. Maybe, so you know the cheese grater I, I think we might just have to hop over it okay. because I don't remember. You probably, it probably hit you like later. Yeah, in the middle of the night. Yeah. I'll text you. I'll be yeah. Like, Jake. By the up. way... Wake up. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah, I, I went to Florida, guys. I went to Florida. Um, I'm going to try to keep this relatively short comparatively to what we got on the docket. But um, so we went. Uh, we arrived Sunday around 11. Uh, the plane ride there was flawless. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elisana was really good. Uh, she got a little antsy because, you know, she doesn't like really being contained all that much. But uh, once we got her on the plane, she basically fell asleep for the whole entire plane ride. So that was pretty fucking cool. Nice. Uh, when she started to woke up, because I was antsy because this is my first plane ride. 
uh, as she woke up, I'm like, oh, no, we're going to have to deal with her being upset because she doesn't like being in the chair for very long. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're, we're cruising into Orlando now. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, got there. Uh, we went stayed at the Caribbean Beach Hotel on Disney. Fucking phenomenal. They are a great hotel, great resort. Um, I like the whole not having to pick up my bag from the airport thing. One last thing. It's phenomenal. Yeah, one last thing to worry about, one last thing to carry. It's not like you've ever had to experience that, though. Yeah, that's true. No, you're definitely, <laughs> you're definitely right. Um, so that was nice. Well, I guess kind of on the way back I did. I have to grab my stuff, I guess, right? <laughs> but yeah, um, so we did that, and we went out. Like I said, by the time we got to the hotel, it was probably like around one, one-ish. Room was ready to go. Um, like I said, nice rooms, nice place. Um, each uh, building is themed to a different Caribbean island. We were in Aruba. Cool. Um, Can you spell that? A-R-U-B-A. Nice. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so uh, lesson learned on this one. We will never, ever get off an airplane and then proceed to go to directly to a Disney park. I will never do that again. Why? What happened? I'm fucking, I was fucking exhausted. And the baby was fucking exhausted too. She was not a happy. What'd you guys do day one? We went to magic kingdom to do a Disney's not so spooky Halloween party. Cool. How'd that blow over? Um, it was cool. It was nice. Um, magic kingdom, uh, you know, doesn't exactly appeal to my sensibilities, but, uh, Elisana had to go. So, um, and the Halloween party was fun. It was cute. They give away candy and stuff like that. And, uh, they had like some different shows going. They had like the Hocus Pocus, uh, Sanderson sisters have like their own little show on the stage and all that good stuff. My oh. girlfriend is wide eyed over there yeah. in the corner. She heard Sanderson sisters. Yeah, that. for sure. Um, but like I said, Matt, magic kingdom, not my favorite, but I was just tired. And, um, but the baby stayed basically all night. My mom's like, yeah, go, go back to the hotel. I'm like, you sure you got her? Mom's like, yeah, that's why I brought her, which is true. So, um, the baby stayed out all night until like midnight. Nice. I mean, Adrian are back in the hotel like at 10 late. Who's the baby now? <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of fun. Did Space Mountain. Good times. No. Space Mountain's good. Did um, Snow White, Seven Dwarfs. Yeah. Minecart. That's fucking sick. That ride is fucking dope. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It has one of the better queues. Like Did you spin all the barrels at once? Yes. At the same time? Yeah. Nice. That was fucking cool. Good stuff. Had a lot of fun with that, uh, but nothing too crazy to report about, you know, Magic Kingdom. Uh, next day. We did Animal Kingdom. Has any you didn't go to Animal Kingdom, right? Well, no, we went to all the parks, buddy. Oh, you did all the we parks. We went to some parks twice. All right, so I'm a I'm a I'm a fucking write a love letter, drool a little bit. Yeah, write a love letter to Disney and Animal Kingdom because I had never been. This is my first time going to Animal mm-hmm. Kingdom, and uh, my preconceived notion was that it was just kind of a glorified zoo with some rides, right? Come to find out that not only is it a great park, I think it might be my favorite. You belong in Animal Kingdom for that comment. This <laughs> is easily my least favorite of the bunch. Really? Yeah. Really? Absolutely. Interesting. So uh, we went. Me, it was just me and Adriana. My mom didn't want to go. And the, she's like, I'll take the baby. I'm like, okay, fine. Whatever. We'll go. So we went. And at first, you know, we did the dinosaur part, the dinosaur ride, which whatever. You know, it was cool. Uh, which one is that? That's the one with the big dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, yeah. That explains it. Yeah. Um, now I'm not. Uh, we've talked about previously. I'm not very fond of large objects, so I did, I was kind of focused straight ahead. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I got you. Yeah. Um, so Adrian was like, "Do you like it?" I'm like, I, "Honestly, I was just not even paying attention. I was zoned out, zoned the fuck out." Uh, but basically, after that, um, we did Asia. Mm-hmm. We did uh, the the Everest ride. Awesome that ride. Was, it was fucking sick. Fucking great ride. It was such a good ride. Um, we also did um, the the Cali River Rapids ride, which is fun, like a little water ride. Pretty good. Saw the monkeys. Nice. Monkeys were going ape shit. They were swinging around on rope and doing all kinds of fun stuff. So me and Adrian watched them for a little bit. And then we went to Pandora. 
And uh, this is where like the Disney magic hit me. Yeah, at Pandora. Yeah, because I'm not, like I'm not crazy about the like the franchise or whatever. Sure. Or the I guess well the it's movie. A movie. It's a movie right now still. Um, but I was fucking like floored by the whole presentation of everything here. Cool. Uh, I liked the drums. I liked everything. Um, the food was really fucking good. They had really good food there. Um, we rode Flight of Passage. You guys do that last time? Uh, which one is that? The VR one? Yeah. Yeah, we did that one. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I, I would say probably one of the better rides in the whole park. Yeah, it's a full-blown experience. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, I don't know how packed it was when you guys sat there. You guys, it was pretty packed, right? Not crazy? Um, for that particular ride, I think we waited two hours. Yeah. I was because we, we were about the same and I was just like floored by the size of the queue. Yeah. Like how insane. big it is. And it, it, uh, we ran through um, most of that queue. Yeah. Because I think it's allotted for like five or six hours. Yeah. Honestly. I was telling Adriana because I'm like, this is two hours and they're not even using every nook and cranny and corner nope. in this place. You could probably fit four to five hours with the people in there pretty easily. Yeah. And um, man, it was awesome. We had a great time. It was like I said, probably my, my favorite ride. Um, I just like the whole feeling the animal breathe thing and the water in the face and all that. Um, and we did the little river ride too. And yeah, man, I really enjoy animal kingdom. Uh, I don't know why you weren't particularly fond of it. Is there a particular reason why you weren't fond of it? I don't think it was bad. I just think all the other parks were better in my opinion. Really? I had a better time at the other ones. Okay. Fair enough. Tizzle. Uh, Yeah. Um, and we had a blast. Um, like I said, probably one of my favorite parks, uh, took Tuesday off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tuesday we were off. We went to Disney Springs twice. Once during the day and once during the night. I'm never doing that again either. Um, if we're going to go, we're going to go during the night because it's fun and there's a lot of shit going on. Did um, you hit the big-ass Lego store? We saw it. We didn't really go in. Um, yeah, we didn't really go in too much. Somebody had a depraved childhood. <laughs> well, Legos were never really my thing. I never really liked Legos. So um, it wasn't really my thing. But we went to a place called Deluxe Burger on Disney Springs. It was a decent, not overly priced burger. I say pretty, fairly good for the price too, especially comparatively with the, some of the other food that's overpriced and ridiculous. Um, and so yes, like I said, Disney Springs is a fucking hoot at night. I just love their um, integration with the transportation system. Like they're extremely efficient when it comes to that. Uh, and I give Disney a lot of credit because literally they don't want you to leave Prem. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy that their uh, little less kind of city, let's call it, their transportation is like magnitudes better than like the CTA. Yeah, definitely. Um, they're like I said, it's just super efficient, and they know what they're doing, and they got all the, like the, I guess they found the nicest bus drivers they can because those guys are super patient with like ah. with like screaming kids and all that kind of good stuff. And your unmagical moments. Yeah. Yeah, we were we were fortunate. Well, even if we, I don't know if we didn't have any kids on our on our rides, but I think if we did, we didn't even notice because they were so damn quiet. Which nice, is nice. Yeah, that's nice. It's uh, yeah, man, and you know, it was a good time. So um, what do we do? Then we did Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, it's been the first time I've been to Hollywood Studios. They had the they had the hat, the Sorcerer's hat, still cool when I was over there. And obviously, they re- since removed that. Uh, basically, I went directly to Star Wars Land and waited fifty minutes for the Smuggler's Run ride, which is not long at all. No, that's I think we waited an hour and a half, maybe yeah. hour forty five. Yeah, on uh, opening day, that's not terrible. Yeah, not too bad. And um, man, the ride's fun. The fucking Smuggler's it was super awesome. It, right? was, it was really cool. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, Adriana was a really bad pilot because we were both pilots. We got lucky in that regard. We kind of honestly, I kind of counted cards a little bit on that because I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, <laughs> we get a X amount of people in yeah. front of us. Yeah, yeah. I counted cards in that particular regard. But yeah, man, um, it did it, it, it. You know, looks fucking phenomenal. It looks like a lot of fun. You're really immersed into it. Didn't spend a ton of time in there because we were doing a lot of running back and forth from one part, side of the park to the other. I think this was the day that we took the most advantage of the fast pass. Sure, because we actually burned all three and was like constantly re-upping on the new one. 
we read uh, Tower of Terror twice and uh, what else? We did the rock and roll roller coaster and yeah. all that good stuff. But I will say, uh, wherever we ate that day made us sick. That's like throwing up sick, but like it was like a rumble in the jungle. Like you a know? nausea. Yeah, a little nausea. Uh, had to go to the washroom a couple of times, right? So yeah. we go on. Uh, in between that was before we went on the Hollywood uh, Tower of Terror twice. So the second time we we're getting on, uh, I started not to feel well as we were like arriving to the top of the queue. I'm like, oh, shit. And I'm looking at Adriana. I'm like, you okay? She's like, I don't feel well. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> nice. So we get on the ride and you know how it takes you on the track and before it gives you the whole speech about the Tower of Terror. As we like lock in and like ready to go, Adriana's like, oh, this was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so fortunately, we were kind of playing Russell Roulette with our stomachs there. Fortunately, no, no, no such incident. No yeah. bodily fluids were spilled. Yeah, no bodily uh, fluids were spilled on that particular day. Um, Red, uh, spent some time in the Toy Story Mania, the Toy Story Land. Had a lot of fun. Uh, we did the Toy Story Mania ride with Elisana. She wasn't very fond of it. The shoot 'em up one. Yeah, she wasn't. She wasn't big on it. Um, I think she was. She was kind of just afraid of the jerky thing. Yeah. And I will say, did you uh, do Slinky Dog? No, we didn't get a chance to do Slinky because we were in line and then it fucking shut down. Um, so that's a little bit of a bummer. But uh, <laughs> oh Jesus, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so we did the Toy Story Mania thing. I will say it's a fucking workout for your forearm. Because you're constantly hey, having you're the, pulling, pulling the thing, yeah, up. pulling that thing, fucking horrible. Yeah, my man, sh- my shit was burning. Anyway, um, so yeah, Hollywood Studios failed, did not fail to impress. Did a great job. It was a lot of fun. Um, then we switched hotels. Uh, we went closer to Universal. However, um, because it wasn't a Universal Resort, it was mm-hmm. just a hotel. It yeah. kind of sucked. Yeah, it's to be expected. Yeah, it kind of sucked. Um, wasn't crazy about it. It was a hotel. It did the job. It's you know, it was a place to sleep and a place to put all our shit. In the meantime, but uh, wasn't only really impressed with the hotel. I'm not gonna like, like fucking crucify them or anything like that. But not crazy about it. Had a bad Chipotle experience because for the first time in ever. Well, not no, because I've had bad experiences here. But like, we ordered it. The lady brought it with just Elisana's food. And okay. I'm like, we ordered three items. Why is there only one? And she's like, well, they said. I'm like, well, that's your job is to make sure you have everything before you leave. So I called and then we called again and they're like, okay, well, we can send it out again. And they sent it out. And it was like very like lackluster. You ever get like a, just a lackluster burrito bowl? That's where we were at. And uh, pretty disappointed on that regard. But then we went to Universal Studios, had a fucking blast. Uh, Harry Potter World was fucking phenomenal. It's so good. Uh, super immersed, immersive. Um, great rides too. They had some, a lot of good rides. Um, we did the the fast pass park hoppers, so we're just going back and forth riding all the stuff. The whole kicked my ass this time. Last time I went it was like the most smooth roller coaster I've ever been on. This time I think I had an internal brain hemorrhaging, but uh, I'm still alive, so I don't think it's that serious. But um, yeah, man, University was a blast. Uh, we went to Voodoo Donuts on City Walk. And for those who may not be familiar, I think they're native out of Portland, and they do fucking souped-up donuts, right? They're and the sh- a smidge overrated. A, a smidge. I'll give you that for sure. Uh, definitely a little overpriced, too, but pretty good. Not bad. I like the donut. The, the actual donut donut is really good. Yeah, it's nice and soft. Yeah, I don't think they need the gimmick, but I know it's part of the deal. But I think if I if they just gave me like a dozen just normal donuts, I think I would have loved it. Cool. Uh, overall, I had fun with it, though. Like I said, there was some stuff that I was just like, that's diabetes. Um and then, um, yeah, man, we just hung out and came home. You nice. know, uh, plane ride back was a little bit more rough. Elisana refused to sit still. Uh, and she, keep in mind, she was in the airport for like five, six hours, so I don't blame her. 
Exactly, because we got there a little bit early and then we got delayed. Um, and she was a little restless and getting her through the TSA was a pain in the ass. It's probably the most frustrated I've ever been with her. And then uh, <laughs> she yeah, she pissed me off. And uh, then we got on the plane and we came home. Cool. Yep. So plane rides, what's your verdict? Uh, Not that I, bad? I think it was the perfect starter plane ride for me because it wasn't overly long. Two and a half hours. You're up. You're down. Uh, learned that... Uh, because at Midway, when you fly out of Midway, it's like fucking like sending a rocket ship in the air because they have this much space to pull off. No, oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, so, I know. Yeah. Meanwhile, Orlando's like, woo, here we go. <sighs> nice and smooth. Like, And same deal with landing. Like, fucking, if you don't land in an appropriate time at Midway, you're going to end up on Cicero. So, <laughs> yeah, you're going <laughs> to. That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, overall, pretty cool. I would do it again. Um, fly or go back to? I would fly. I would fly again. Um, like I said, next time. I think maybe I'll be ready for like maybe the three hour, three and a half hour flight. Ooh. Cause like I said, I started daring get, today. I, aren't we? Yeah. I started to get a little antsy by like, like said, like the little by like last half an hour. But like I said, that was not nice and soothing. Cause they're like, Oh yeah, we're coming in. Yeah. We're doing a 14 hour flight in April. So. Where, where are you guys going? We're going to Asia, buddy. You're going to Asia. Where are you going? We're going to Japan. Oh yeah. Anyway, we got a whole ass agenda to dive into. <laughs> Let's just get right into it. Sorry. Let's talk some <laughs> movies, TV slash books. Uh, have you seen anything about this film? It's called Lighthouse. Nothing. It's Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, and I think there's one more actress, but she's like in and out. Uh, so this is a thriller slash horror, and it's all in black and white, and it's about these two, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, going ape shit in a fucking lighthouse. I don't know anything else, and I don't want to know anything else. I've heard a lot of good things about it, and we got tickets for it next week. Uh, if you haven't seen the trailer, look that shit up. Okay. Because it looks really fucking good. Does it? Yeah, it looks like two crusty old mad semen like going insane you know what i mean your definition of crusty semen and my definition of crusty semen are apparently two different i think things. they might be the same oh okay <laughs> <laughs> but yeah check that out uh that's called the lighthouse i'll probably do uh maybe not a full review i'll give you my opinions on it but i got good feelings about it sure uh, all right moving into the next topic the irishman so uh amc has this weird kind of thing where they're like we don't want to screen this movie for like a week like, that doesn't make financial sense to us. Okay. So, um, it'll be in a handful of select theaters, not an AMC ones. It will be on Broadway uh, two weeks prior to its uh, release on Netflix. That's unusual. Yeah, it is a bit unusual. So, I guess if you really want to see it on the big screen, which, you know, for a Scorsese film, you probably would, um, try and find a theater, try and get to Broadway. Uh, other than that, wait two weeks. I believe November 27th is the day, uh, Black Friday, if I'm not mistaken, that it comes out on Netflix. Oh, cool. So I think it'll be fun. Um, I think it's, I think with such a big name attached to this as Scorsese and De Niro and all these guys coming together for this movie and for it to be probably the closest thing to a direct-to-streaming thing we've seen in quite some time, at least for bigger name stuff, I think that's an interesting move on both the uh, theater's parts and Scorsese's part. Well, so what? They just didn't want to have it in the theaters? They, I'm, they, I'm telling you, AMC was probably like, dude, it doesn't make sense to screen this for a week. It doesn't make sense to give up one or two you know, theater rooms for a whole ass week just to screen this. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Um, I, I don't fault AMC for it because, like I said, that, that could have been, that would have been in and out. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's like, you have that prime time and then it's on Netflix. Who else is going to see that when it's on Netflix? This is true. And I'm sure AMC pays a fee up front to screen it, right? Yeah, I'm sure. The and they make back their money in ticket sales. Yeah. Maybe first week dollar goes to wherever, and by the time, yeah, of, yeah maybe we we need more theaters around here like uh, DTLG or Marcus that show kind of artsy, fartsier films. Yeah, because I would like to see this in theaters, but mm -hmm. who knows? 
uh, we'll see in a week or two if I can find tickets around here. Interesting. Uh, that's like I said, I've never heard anything like that before. So that's kind of unique. Good stuff. Let's talk some Laragetto stuff. Laragetto. <laughs> and we, we got a full review of this movie down below. Well, I figured we just talk about this and then we just go into the review. Oh, what do you think? Okay. Are you, yeah, we can do that. Are you prepared for that? Yeah. Sorry, okay. Cool. Uh, so, um, <laughs> Jared Leto, well, I think it's kind of been known, but he felt very alienated with the new Joker film coming out and not featuring him. I guess um, they were promising kind of the world in that regard, and turns out nobody liked his Joker. So for oh, some reason, yeah, for some reason, he felt like he deserved his own film. Uh, they cut very, they cut a lot out of his particular Joker out of the Suicide Squad itself. So I'm not exactly sure why he believed he was going to get his own film. Oh, that's funny. You, you would have thought that if it was a Joker film, it would be named something like Joker and not Suicide Squad. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, not exactly sure why he, he thought he had that kind of pull. I understand he just won an Oscar not too long ago, but uh, at the end of the day, he's never been. I've never been impressed with anything he's ever done. Um and I've never seen Dallas Buyers Club, so I, huh? Was it good? I've never seen it, so um, everything else he's done has just been good-looking, bland. Here's the thing, leading man. Here's the thing, and I, oh, me and my SO had this uh, discussion earlier today. Actually, uh, Suicide Squad was bad because it was bad writing, bad direction, characters we didn't give a shit about, and a villain that was just there to cause conflict. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't a bad movie because Larry Jetto. You know what I mean? You didn't help. Yeah, I mean. Well, I'm sure he must have known something because he read a script or somebody gave him a, a snippet and he said, let's do it, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think his part was bad at all. I think he portrayed Joker in a new, interesting way. I know people have beef with the look, but that's always going to happen with characters like Batman and Joker, right? Mm-hmm. Some ty- timeless uh, characters. Sure. But at the end of the day, it, it's there's nothing he could have done unless he, you know, unless he was in the writing room. You know yeah. what I mean? There's literally nothing that man could have done. Well, I know that he read, he rubbed Warner Brothers the wrong way with a lot of the stunts that he pulled on set when it comes to like sending people like mm-hmm. pig heads or whatever the fuck. Yeah. He pissed off a lot of people. The Joker is just a cursed role, man, because Heath uh, had some weird shit going on on set too, like with the diary. And then Jared had the sending the, I thought it was a rat's head, but he... He's sending people rats and stuff. I, I, like I thought he said Mar- sent Marco Robbie a rat, right? Yeah, he sent her a rat, and I think. And he- then Joaquin Phoenix was like snapping at people on set and stuff, and yeah. yeah. So I mean, what are you gonna say, man? I understand Jared's kind of frustration with it and stuff, but dude, at the end of the day, you, you choose kind of the movies you want to be in. You yeah. know what I mean? And if you wanted more pieces, more parts, more screen time, that should have been negotiated in your contract up front. Yeah. And uh, I don't really particularly like him trying to put the boots to this Joker film. He was trying to, like, kill it before it even came off the ground. Um, that was, like, a big part of it, too. He was trying to yeah, get Yeah, man. Like I said, it's a suicide, suicide Squad movie that nobody gave a shit about. Yep. You know what I mean? And even true. Will Smith said, I don't want anything to do with that anymore. Yep. And that just kind of goes to show that that movie was kind of destined to fail. Absolutely. Anyway, so we both watched Joker. We did. Uh, over the weekend. We did. Went in. I got uh, me and me and Maddie got a slushy. We got that Adams Family Black Cherry slushy, and I pooped blue this morning. So oh, I guess you nice. could say I had a truly spooky dookie. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I called her in to show her. Nice. I'm so proud. Um, spooky dookie. Let's yeah. let's talk, man. So we waited a bit. This is a late ass review. I think we're what three weeks late. Something two, like that. two weeks? No, two I weeks. think we're two weeks. Yeah. We're not too late. Um, what'd you think? I thought. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was a really fucking good movie. Like in every way. I thought this was the most realistic Joker movie we've ever gotten. 
Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not like, you know, I think it's one of the more depressing films I've ever seen in my, of my You game. thought it was depressing? Yeah. I think there was a lot of depressing moments in it. I think it, there's a, you never really get that, well, unless at the end, but you know, depending how you look at it, um, you don't really get that moment of like, oh yeah, like our things are getting better. Like it never really. Oh, you, you didn't feel that at the ending? I mean, I, <laughs> I think there's a moment where you're just like, okay, he's finally had enough. Uh, but like, it wasn't a moment of like, yeah, it was a moment of like, Ooh, <laughs> you know, um, it's funny cause I think they did a really good job, like a fantastic job of covering up or not showing us the violence. Um, because Until I it was needed. I was genuinely caught off guard with, with some, the headshots with, and with, yeah, with some of the, the violence in this film. I don't know how deep are we going in spoilers? Are we doing spoilers for this? I don't know, man. You're calling it. Your I mean, call. I think you would have saw it by now. I made it like sure. Um, if you million. if you haven't seen it by now, skip ahead like ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. So first and foremost, I think this movie takes the perfect approach in regards to like, I don't know. Let's just call it Tarantinoism, right? Where sure. it kind of hides a lot of it in front, uh, like with Hateful Eight, right? Mm-hmm. Where you go like eighty percent of the movie without seeing any sort of crazy violence, and then boom, gunshot. Over the top, you get yeah. the fucking head splatter. The you hanging, get all this nasty shit. The yeah. hanging. Yeah. The, the hanging was disgusting. You yeah. get the the scissor kill. And all that good stuff. Um, Dude getting his dick shot off. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty nasty. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think it was purposeful, man, because this whole time we come up with um, Joaquin Phoenix kind of being presented as this hopeless motherfucker, and I think that change in personality, and we see the change in his actions. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty pretty good. Yeah. Uh, essentially, what, we're, what we got was two hours of Joaquin Phoenix smoking cigarettes. Yeah, you know, smoking isn't cool, but he sure as fuck makes it look cool. Yeah, he was fucking devouring cigarettes and he was eating the shit like uh, Mario. Anyway, um, so uh, there's where where do you even go, man? This is such a perfect representation of like mental illness and and how to deal with it. And I thought this movie did a really good job of highlighting kind of the struggles maybe some of us are going through right now without making it seem like this kind of grandeur thing. You know, it didn't. I don't know, man. I feel like, especially with like this whole e-boy movement, I feel like people are like, "Oh, I'm depressed." Yeah. Like, are you really? Or are you just kind of depressed because it's or, like the thing? Or right are you now? just whining? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's but, a part of it too. Uh, I mean, it, it takes into account because his mom was, uh, she had narcissistic narcissistic personality disorder. She had depression, uh, bipolar disorder, right? Yeah. And this kind of reflected on him because he was abused and all this good stuff. And I want to kind of. Maybe not today, but when I when I gather my thoughts, I'm still like thinking a lot about the movie. Yeah. Of the whole nature versus nurture argument. Yeah. You know, was he destined to be a killer or was simply? Well, I think they. De- well, th- 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 here's the thing about everything. Everything in this film. Um, I don't know how closely you watched it or how closely you analyzed it. I'm sure you did, but everything that's given to us, everything that is presented to us on his, on his front, um. We don't know if he's even telling us the truth. We don't know if yeah, typical unreliable narrator. Yeah, uh, we don't know if if it's just him seeing things because there was at least one or two big examples where, yeah, that just didn't happen. You were imagining it. That's not what actually happened. Um, the like the whole confrontation with Thomas Wayne. Like, did that even happen? Like, there's no proof that it happened. He was got punched in the mouth or punched in the nose. He was bleeding, and then it's actually, you know, he's leaning on his counter just the same way he was leaning on the, the what's it called, the sink in the bathroom. Like, did you imagine that? And he throws some stuff in his fridge, which I thought was pretty comical. Um, and it's just like you, you don't, you never know. You don't know what what he's what he's actually experiencing. Uh, they kind of set up a um, 
like for you to kind of question his what he's thinking when the whole sign thing when his boss is like why would they steal a sign like why would they didn't rob him why would this group of kids steal a sign nobody's like even interacted with those kids other than him you know what i mean like there's things in there you're just like what did it when did that happen? Like, did it actually happen? Is he just imagining a lot of his, his torment? There's obviously there's something in there that actually happened. You know, um, did he kill that girl? By the way, do we did he kill that girl? Which girl? The girl that he was imagining his relationship with? I don't think he killed her. No. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. There's. I, I don't think there was enough evidence to support that argument. Yeah. I think the big argument here is that because um, the end scene when he's in uh, Arkham. Well, what we assume is Arkham, right? Some mm-hmm. sort of mental facility. Yeah. Is um, when he's running around and stuff. And now do we question, did any of that actually happen? Or was he in here the whole time? I mm-hmm. thought that was the, the big one. Because you're yeah. looking at like the small stuff. But this movie ending kind of makes you think like, well, did is this Arkham scene after the whole scenario? After yeah. the riots? Or was this... Something he imagined. Something he imagined. Um, was he recollecting? Yeah. You, like, yeah. You know. Was he recollecting? Because his hair was not green in that scene. It was... No. The full brown black, yeah. the, the Joaquin hair, not the Joker hair. Yeah. Um. But you know, we do see the bloody footprints. Mm-hmm. So, what do, what do you think about the ending, man? Because I, I feel like that's probably one of the most controversial bits about the movie. I, I, honestly, um, and that's the thing about this movie is that you could literally interpret it any way that you want. Uh, I think it was a recollection of sure. events that took place. Um, there are, like I said, I could totally see the argument going the other way, but I'd really, I really don't want to believe that he was making it up. Or that was just happening in his head. I don't think it was either. Um, you know, when this thing comes out on uh, streaming services and Blu-ray and stuff, I'm sure uh, both of us are going to take a closer look, and I'm sure a lot of these uh, YouTubers are going to do crazy analysis They're videos doing trying it. to prove their yeah thing. But um, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think it was like a recollection, and he was locked up after the fact. Yeah, because he still has his murderous tendencies, as we see. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I liked it. Um, here, here's the thing. I kind of told Maddie. Um. This works so beautifully as a Joker film, and that's why it's called Joker, right? Yeah. But I don't think you can even compare it to Dark Knight Rises no. because they're not the same sort of film. Nope. And I explained it in a manner where um, Dark Knight Rises is a story about a villain, a hero, and then someone in between. You have three major arcs and three major facets of the story, mm-hmm. and so you have the light, dark, the gray, everything in between. You know what I mean? You have a lot more themes uh, coagulating in there. Yeah. Whereas Joker um, is an origin story at the end of the day. Yeah. And it does have a lot of good stuff working for it, but you don't have that counteracting force of yeah. Batman or Harvey Dent. You know yeah. what I mean? It is a very one-sided story. Yeah. And I think this is probably, I mean, my Joker is always going to be Mark Hamill. You know what I yeah. mean? Sure. Um, but I think this Joaquin Phoenix knocked it out of the fucking ballpark. And this, this movie deserves more attention even though it's getting all this up front i think people need to sit down and watch this because it's going to bring to light a lot of the issues of like i said of like mental illness about even just being a decent fucking person because half the time um some of the quotes in there was like you don't really listen do you you ask me the same fucking questions yeah. every week everything that comes out of my mouth is said yeah um and and just some of the quotes in there man are so fucking good yeah uh my favorite was uh, the thing about mental illness is that people expect you to behave even as if you don't Mm-hmm. And it's like that's that's really intriguing, actually. That's that's the, and it like, I think um, a lot of the hullabaloo, hullabaloo about like the mental illness and it glorifying it. I think people uh, are uncomfortable with shedding light um, on issues of society. Absolutely, uh, yeah. On I, I, people with mental illness, because I, I, I don't think that movie glorified it at all. No, me either. I think it just showed like the how ugly it can get, and I like, and it's just 
to me, and I again, I don't want to fucking overreach here because this is not the type of podcast we are, but there were warning signs for a guy like the Joker, right? And nobody noticed until he finally. Nobody too, gave a shit until he put the mask on. Until he went too far, right? Absolutely. Um, and that's the same thing with all these school shooters and shit like that. Nobody gave a fuck about these kids until they did fucked up horrible things. And uh, I think that's what it's kind of relaying. It's like always pay attention to other people. One of the most, um, I think it was humorous, but I think it's the most Joker-ish moments of the film is when he kills his other clown buddy. He stabs him in the fucking eye, which was fucking brutal when he was slamming his head mm-hmm. against the wall. And the midget can't get out. That yeah. That was hilarious. The little guy couldn't get out. You're like, hey, man, can you? Uh? Yeah. Well, that was the <laughs> thing. Like, I think it's set up kind of, it couldn't have gone out of the way. He could have set it up like that just because he's the Joker and it gives you the illusion of choice or the illusion that you're going to escape and then ultimately close the door on you. But with that particular scenario, he's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. And then, you know, he opens up the thing and he tells him, he's like, you're the only one who's ever been good to me. Thank you. And then he closes him out. Yeah. And lets him out. And like, that was like, it was humorous, but it was uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, just with him in the makeup, just sitting there making fucking horrible faces. Great just, fucking makeup. Yeah. It was, it's, he did a great job, man. And kind of the whole build up to the end with him at the talk show. That yeah. was, dude, this movie was such a grossly slow burn, but I loved every little minute. Of yeah. It. And like, cause you, I think as the movie goes on, you could see him, uh, become slowly transitions to the Joker. It's not a light switch, right? Like you said, it's a slow burn. He turns into the Joker by the end. Mm-hmm. And um, we finally see that moment of him, like just letting the world know exactly how he feels about it. Maybe not being quiet instead of taking out violence on a Pete, like when he went to the alley and started kicking trash. Well, cans even then, man, the whole uh, getting up to the talk show, I think was we were expecting him to kill himself yeah. on live TV. And then he turns the gun at Murray. I think that's the thing. I think he was, and then he realized he was being mocked. Then he's like, okay, I got something else to say here instead. And um, I, th- I thought it was interesting. Um, I- I'm glad to say that uh, it will, well, I, did, I told you I got spoiled on it. I got partially spoiled on it because uh, somebody told me that it was all happening in his head. I don't see. That's yeah. super subjective. Yeah. It's not like a fact of the matter. Yeah. I, I thought because um, when they said that uh, – Joker was Thomas Wayne's kid. I thought somebody spoiled that for you. No. But, yeah, dude, I don't know, man. There's so many things. Like, I don't think you could spoil this movie, per no. se. Not because there's just so many things that could be interpreted in so many different ways. And that is why Todd Phillips. Uh, do you know Bradley Cooper? Uh, yeah, of course. Bradley Cooper did this as well. Like, they did a fucking excellent job because I, like, it's just hard to put the finger. You can't, you can't tell me what truth is and what exactly happened in this film. Uh, all you know is that this is a person who has, clearly has problems. And um, depending how you look at it, he handled it in a way that you just can't. It's hard to. I don't know. I, I don't know how, how I'm trying to say it. But anyway, um, what would you give the movie? Um, the movie's an A plus, man. Yeah. That, that I honestly, I think it's the best film I've seen this year. I think it's going to be really hard for uh, Star Wars to top. It. No, not that. Not even just that. I think it's going to be really hard for Joaquin Phoenix to be overlooked for an Oscar. I think he's going to get it. Cool, because he did such a good job with this character and gave him so many just by the, how he look on his face, especially just with even the, his mannerisms, dude. Just the way he walked, the way yeah, he danced, the way his, his dances were fucking phenomenal, um, and just kind of I don't know his delivery and all the lines and the whole entire time, even when he wasn't completely like batshit crazy, he made you uncomfortable. Yep, like he found a way to eke a level of uncomfortability in it, and um, he did. Man, they just did a great job. I would just uh, some of the cinematography in the film was just so fucking beautiful. The only thing I really didn't like about the film, and maybe this is just a 
personal bias was that they went just full blown New York with the film. You know what I mean? It yeah. didn't feel like uh, that New York, Chicago, Gotham blend we got from yeah. uh, the Nolan trilogy. Sure. Whatever, man. That doesn't matter at the end of the day. Yeah. But yeah, dude, I think it's like an A minus for me. Yeah. A, a minus. I do like the movie. Um, I'm still kind of letting it digest. I, yeah. I kind of got my like here's how i feel about x y and z opinions out there but like you know me man i like to like write down notes yeah it's it's definitely not something that you'll be able to um fully grasp but it's definitely something that you have to watch a couple of times to like really under to really see everything and to formulate like a like a theory sure a thesis on it i mean obviously this is our opinions but i think you have to watch it a couple of times and really frame by frame dissect everything to kind of figure out what the truth quote unquote is but in, in true joker fashion he prefer his background or his origin story to be multiple choice. And that, that's what this film nailed. On Good that stuff. Yeah. So um, let's talk some Zoe Kravitz. So Zoe Kravitz, speaking of more Batman, um, Batman. casting news, Zoe Kravitz gets Catwoman. Cool. Uh, and I, I think it's a good cast. Yeah, and I like it. Um, like I said, the, I'm not I'm not like upset about any of the casting decisions that they have made. So. And in addition to that, Paul Dano gets the Riddler. So, yeah. I think he looks the part. Yeah, so uh, about that. So we talked about last week how it might have been uh, Jonah Hill. So what is Jonah Hill doing in this film? Mm, he might be directing, co-directing, writing. Ooh, maybe. He might be acting. I don't know. Who well, knows? Like I said, uh, the rumor was undeclared villain. So Penguin? Yeah, well, that's the thing that we said, but I don't know. I think it's too on the nose. Calendar Man. They didn't offer him enough money? We don't know. I guess we'll have to look into it some more. Yeah. But uh yeah we're we're kind of bad with our research yeah oh well but yeah paul dano i think it's a good fit um looks wise i think he fits yeah. the role and zoe kravitz i mean you can't go wrong with zoe kravitz he would uh, i mean like um it's very to me like as far as the riddler the best person to ever do it was the dude who did it on gotham, gotham. yeah yeah penguin he, and riddler on gotham were great yeah they they had probably the best uh physical live action representation of the, those characters so far at least i mean i'm sure this kid would do a great job but uh yeah pretty cool in addition to that we got some little more casting news yep rdj as Doolittle. yep robert cool. Down- robert downey jr saw the poster um i'm not exactly sure who was climbing for this but hey whatever uh if anybody right. can pull it off i think it's rdj right i think sure. robert downey jr could do it and uh um, i mean he's gonna need something lined up after the whole marvel thing right yeah this is true um and keep on working man we we like you Robert Downey Jr. So just keep working, man. Uh, but yeah, not, nothing too crazy to say about it. But hey, that's kind of cool. Cool, cool. Talk to me about Training Day. So Training Day is getting a sequel with, uh, I don't know if it's actually a sequel or a prequel or what they're doing with it, but they're bringing it back. And uh, that's interesting, I guess. I'm not, uh, like, I know people like love, love, love Training Day. I, I love, I like, oh, you love, love Training Day? Yeah, okay. my girlfriend loves Training Day. Yeah, I like, I like Training Day. Um, so kind of cool, right? Good stuff. Absolutely. Let's get into gaming. All right, uh, let's talk about the goose. You seen <laughs> yeah. this? You seen the goose taking over the internet? Well, yeah, this was you brought this up a couple of weeks ago. So I bought this on launch day. I kept waking up every two hours just to see if I could download it off the Nintendo eShop, and I finished it. Um, it is a fucking great little puzzle game where you play as a goose, and it's called Untitled Goose Game. That's like the gag for it behind it. Sure. Um, grossly simple controls, great fucking mechanics. And I thought it was crazy. I just wanted to bring this up because um, in Japan, it in Japan and Australia, it outsold for a whole ass week. Uh, the Link's Awakening, Legend of Zelda. Really, game. that is insane. That is nuts. It knocked it down to the number two spot for crazy. Whole last week. It's a little fuck? indie dev from Australia, House House Studios, and I thought it was great. Um, hey, if you ever get around to getting a Switch, I highly recommend it. <laughs> it's just it's so much fun to watch. Yeah, you know what I mean, and as well as play. And I'm not one for puzzles. I'm usually that guy when I come across a puzzle in a game, I look it up because I have no patience for that. But this whole game 
is essentially a puzzle game. It just didn't present itself in that manner. It's you're just little, this little fucking diabolical goose going around, <laughs> fucking around with people. And maybe I'll bring it over next week just so you can get a kind of a taste with it. But the art style, super charming. That goose, I don't think geese have ever been this popular before. You yeah. know, it was uh, the consensus was fuck geese, and now it's like yeah geese. Well, I think I saw something on the internet where they claimed was like, well, man. When we when video games came out, or when um, like Zelda came out, like they gave like a quick synopsis of that, and then they came up across another game in the mid '90s, and they gave a quick synopsis of that, and it's like in today's day and age, you're a goose, but you're a dick. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, dude, the game is absolutely fun. Um, I just kind of wanted to bring it up because sure. it's been taking everybody by storm, and yeah, it's got a lot of charm and love into it. So did you finish it? Yeah, absolutely. I finished it. I think the next day. <laughs> really? So I mean, it's not like a super long game. Okay. You know what I mean? But there is a a good amount of stuff to do, a good amount of people to torture and shit to steal. <laughs> I don't want to give away too much, but I think my favorite moment was you got to sneak into a bar and uh, there's like a dude doing deliveries outside. So you like knock over one of the boxes, empty the contents, hop in the box, close it. And he like delivers you. <laughs> <laughs> and so you, you know, it's just a concept. It's, you're just fucking goose in like a, like a cardboard box and the dude's delivering you and he drops you, you know, <laughs> oh, and if you honk while he's carrying you, he'll fucking drop the box and he'll fly out. That's and the bartender funny. will chase you, but. I like that. Yeah, man. It's like fun, quirky shit. It is like genuinely like a good family time. I just wanted to talk about that. Interesting. Okay. Because it is a good game. Very cool. What else we got? PlayStation 5 officially announced holidays 2020. Very strange. The, mm, I don't think so. Well, not so much the 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 the, 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 the fact that it's actually happening. Mm-hmm. So much of how it's like, oh, yeah. like it meant, They mentioned it like in passing. I don't, I, really? I don't think they presented it in such a manner. I don't think they hyped it up all that much. I do agree with that. But I think they realized that it might be too soon for this year uh and they got some shit to wrap up so i'm expecting ghost of tsushima is probably going to be one of the launch titles for that really yeah absolutely because this thing's been delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed and what's six more months going to do for it right true um last of us uh we kind of predicted this it's not going to be a per se launch title because it is march yeah uh it is probably going to be super available on the ps5 it's gonna be part of that first wave Uh, that and the fact that we also mentioned how the previous last of us was like the last hurrah yeah. On, on the three so they yeah precisely the same thing yeah. um and here's my thing uh we're getting to this kind of state of the gaming scene where cross play is to be expected for most AAA games yep so i think we're in a very interesting spot where they're gonna need to crank out some really good fucking exclusives mm-hmm. especially microsoft right sure because why would i why on earth would i get the next xbox the scarlet is what they're calling it right mm-hmm. if i can just buy it on pc can we you know what i mean no you're right but i just want <laughs> i don't know who in microsoft makes these decisions but the why, naming scheme yeah why why don't they, ask me man I, I thought the 360 was a good yeah it made sense absolutely but then where do we go from there 720 1080 yeah, you do the full Tony Hawk. Yeah, yeah, the exactly. McFlip, yeah, or the McTwist, the McTwist, yeah. Um, inverted five forty. <laughs> I see. If it was just called, it was just called the Scarlet. That's one thing. Yeah. But they got to keep the Xbox tag on it. Um, it looks kind of funky. I don't love the way it looks. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, is that like for sure, or is that just a dev kit, or is that exactly? How I, I have no idea. Honestly, yeah. we're gonna have to wait and see. Probably, we're probably gonna get like a full ass conference reveal in April. Sure. Um, and the rumor is it's gonna be fully backwards compatible. That's what. That's the rumor. All yeah. the way back to the one. That's interesting. I uh, still have a bunch of my PlayStation 1 games around so the, the house. There you go. So if it is fully backwards compatible, we can talk. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting choice. Um, so strange. No, I think it's a it's a good choice. Yeah. I think it would be more enticing because the PlayStation 2 has the largest library of any console out there, right? They, the last game came out in 2012. Yeah, that was going to say that. Yeah. It was a soccer game. Yeah. Um, 
That's crazy to and, me. And Fuck. if you can just go back and not have to emulate all this shit on like a computer or whatever, yeah. And you can play all your PS3 games, and then if the PS4 shit carries over, then dude, that's like perfect. Yeah, for sure. Because then you don't have to get rid of your library right there. You, mm-hmm. you don't per se have to. You, you can move the good PS4 into the living room and just use that as a streaming box. Sure. And then keep the PS5 in here. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like I said, but it's just weird. I mean, you know, like, uh, I, I think we've entered uncharted territory when it comes to how we're going to get another one of those too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I wasn't talking about that, but I think we've entered uncharted territory where these guys, where there's no, um, like crazy built, like you said, crazy buildup or maybe a big conference where it's just like, Oh yeah, by the way, these things are coming out. Um, you got to give it six months, man. They yeah. didn't want that buildup yet. Yeah, I know. But I was just, I think it's just weird. Um, where I don't know. I feel like the, the com- competitors quote unquote have taken things like casually almost, um, like I said, crossplay. Yeah, um, it's gonna be it's gonna come down to features, exclusives, mm-hmm. and what else your machine can do. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because I thought uh, Microsoft would have been the first ones to drop the hammer on next gen. Yeah, because they lost the race by a fucking mile and a half. Yeah, getting into it, you know. So my my theory was that they were gonna be like, yeah, dude, here's what the Scarlet looks like. Here's some of the stuff it comes with. Blah blah blah. But Sony was like, yeah, uh, here it is. We'll, we'll probably talk some more about it in six months. Yeah, that's that's it's just a strange thing, man. I remember like the big hype up for like the three before it came out and just, you know, like it, became, it was like a dick measuring contest. And now that's just like all gone. It's so strange. Such a strange world we live in, man. Gaming has changed. The fa- I mean, we've talked about it a bazillion times, but man, it's just weird. It's just weird to be to be able here to able to witness that. Good stuff. Talking you know? about change. Uh, let's talk some Fortnite. So, so black hole. <laughs> so Which yeah, blows up new map. Yeah. The, so basically, they're um, they were hyping up this big uh, season, <laughs> the new season yeah. for um, Fortnite, and they were hyping it up season thirteen or whatever the fuck they're doing, right? And uh, uh, it's uh, I think they're calling it. Chapter two? No, 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 no. I'm saying, but but pr- prior to that, we were just getting a season thirteen update or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck, right? And they're like, oh, big new event, la la la. Turns out that big event is a fucking bomb dropping in the middle of the map and sending the whole world into a black hole, essentially deeming the game useless for I a think couple, a day or two, right? A couple of days, yeah. And then they drop, you know, chapter two, um, and then the fucking new news, map, pogo stuff, yeah, new map, new map, uh, swimming. Um, some updates to the UI, some updates on how the game feels. I actually played it. Um, I just thought it was cool. I actually, th- I was actually giving them props for this uh, because the news, people like Fox News was talking about this shit. You know what I mean? Um, I think it was like kind of a cool way to market that. You know what I mean? Hey, you know, it's essentially the, the second, you know, our second version of this. Second coming. Still early access though. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Forever beta. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I was actually a fan of this. I actually well, like this. Did you play the new Apex map? I haven't played it. No, That's I haven't It's really played. good, too. Is it? Yep. I'm going to try to give that a look, but um, I just had to see what this whole Fortnite thing was about, and I kind of like it. Apparently, they've added bots to the world, too, cool. which I think is cool. Uh, a way to upgrade your weapons as opposed to having to like loot for it. There's a way to like upgrade them based on resources and all kinds of cool stuff. So I'm giving Fortnite credit. I know, um, at least for us, it's kind of fallen off the map. Um, you know, obviously, it's making more money than ever before, you know. Typical us. Um, but, um, yeah, they get all the credit in the world for me for kind of making a unique thing and making the world shit themselves for a little bit. And they did a good job. So the, props to them. What's Project A? Ooh. All right. So this is by shit. Who is this by? Fuck. Fuck, 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 fuck. Who did, um, is it Riot? Riot does League of Legends, right? I believe so. All right. So this is by Riot Games. Essentially, uh, this is a tactical shooter that they have um, created. And it's going to be like the the next big project, uh, tactical shooter mixed in with hero, um, what's the word like a hero a hero mechanic, okay. Sim- 
So basically take Overwatch uh, and Siege. Yep, take those two things, throw them in a blender, and watch what comes out. And, you know, Riot Games, I think they'll do a good job with this. Sure. Uh, I mean, League of Legends is still one of the most lucrative games of all time and well, you know, taken care of, well developed. And uh, apparently this is going to be their new jam. Jam. I'm so, excited to see what comes out of it. Absolutely. Uh, did you have to take a look at that Siege footage that I sent you? I did. It's pretty insane. How and crazy is it? Yeah, it's wild. Uh, I think so many people make videos on it, but like Siege made the probably best comeback out of any video yeah. game ever, and especially as a, as a game as a service, essentially at the yeah. end of the day, right? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, man, it's still going strong. I just I just liked how like from like one visually th- and gameplay, yeah, and so many intricate little things change yeah um and i think a lot of people the comments just naturally how siege players are they're like well it looked better back then and it's like maybe maybe it looked a little sure. bit better um but you have to keep in mind that this was like a simplified version of the game where they, yeah uh things didn't really get to where they were until uh mira came out mira yeah. and jackal yeah um and they kind of just put everything and on then even time. then the meta changed once more once we got the outbreak operators yeah and it's just it's just a weird thing and um i'm not saying that um you know that I don't. Obviously, I love Siege. It's one of my favorite games. But um, I think I, w- I would kind of want to see that version to see if they're going to do that for the next one. Maybe, sure. Maybe instead of having like pre-built characters, you can kind of develop your own and queue up that way when based on what kind of player you are. I like that. We'll see. Cool. Um, Ubisoft's making some slip-ups because I heard the new Sco- the new Ghost Recon isn't that great either. Big shock. Yeah. Because what? Remember the Division Two? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you remember Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, that got some positive reception, but I guess they're trying to turn everything into a looter shooter XP number stacker. Yeah. Uh, there's a time and place for that, but don't turn all your IPs into that. Literally all of them. He, they've done Ghost Recon. They did the other pre- previous Ghost Recon to that. Um, Division, Division 2. I don't two. care, man. Keep Smite holy. Or uh, Siege. Yeah, Smite. Siege. Yeah, don't. Keep Smite holy, though. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's good. They, they should use that. Um, yeah, right. Uh, let's talk some music news and reviews because we got a lot of album reviews. First of all, let's Heavy talk breathing. About, let, let's talk about. I want to get this this one out of the way. Uh, Ice Nine Kills comes out of the fucking woodwork around October first. <laughs> uh, they dropped. What's the name of the song? The your, numbers, your numbers. Your up. numbers up. It is a uh, scream song. It's they're good at what they, they're good at what they're good at. I just simply hate that they're trying to win album of the year again or <laughs> trying to be in that uh, bracket. Yeah. Because they released, they re-released the Silver Scream, the deluxe edition or yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's coming out soon. And it has like, what, three new songs yeah. and an acoustic version. And come on, dude. As, you wait, and, and they purposefully fucking waited a whole ass year to do that. You absolutely know what I mean? They did. It is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but here's the problem about the Scream song. Sure. Basically, it is Scream the Musical. Uh-huh. That girl, it, it, dude. It felt like, um, fuck. What is it? The the, the Avenged Sevenfold song that really like, like the big old seven minute one. You're asking the wrong person, bro. I hate. Oh uh, man, it eludes me. <laughs> but they did a crazy big ass like Bohemian Rhapsody styled. Really, like, this crazy like expand like it's like a seven or eight minute song, and I can't remember the fucking name of it. Interesting. And this feels like it in style. Yeah, this but this that girl that they got to do is not good. Yeah. I don't I don't find her particularly talented. Uh, the song itself was musically it's okay. I just I don't like the fact that it's literally screaming the musical, um, and they just take kind of the first scene from the first movie and kind of tell it in their own kind of way. Um, previously, obviously the last album that came out. Um, it was songs based on, the, you know, the movie. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this is Scream the Musical. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think we needed it. Uh, I I would hope it for a little bit better. I'm not particularly impressed with it. Um, I do like the album, Mark, though, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. But. Um, 
the more I think about it, the more I've come to the conclusion that Ice Nine Kills is the 2010s version of what early 2000s avenged was. Uh, this song was a little piece of heaven, by the way. Oh, sure. It, it is pretty uh, creative. Sure. Um, dude, it, they're just good at what they're good at. Yeah. I just dislike the fact that, uh, you know, every Halloween they got to come back and be like, hey, guys. We got new stuff. I mean, I'm blaming. There's them. another 11 fucking months. Hey, man, you lean lean into your fucking gimmick, man. Uh, I yeah, I guess so. It's you know what's funny about that because I've you know I've liked Ice Nine Kills for a while. Uh, I like all, even all their older stuff before they they went full blown horror movie. You like them when they were a ska band? Not well, I don't know about that now, but um, like my sister's like the biggest Ice Nine Kills fan, at least with like all the current stuff. I'm like, do you even know anything before every trick in the book? She's like, no. I'm like, <laughs> they have stuff before that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and um. You know, uh, like I said, leading to your gimmick, it makes the money. Obviously, they're successful. They came out with that music video for "It Is the End." I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I we, mean, it is what it is. We um, got him, we got him to dress up as a clown, so that's cool. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm curious to see uh, what movies they're going to do next year. Yeah, Hereditary, Poltergeist. I think they already have a Poltergeist song, if I'm not mistaken. No. The, no. O- the Omen. The yeah, Omen. Got to do the Omen. Uh, they haven't done one on Alien yet. No, they have not. But Devil Wears but Prada. But yeah, that's a Devil Wears Prada kind of. Yeah, you got me trend lightly. Anyway, yeah, absolutely. let's get into the big boys. So, you want to do the big one first? Devil Wears Prada released their sixth, seventh? Uh, whatever the fuck it is. Whatever. Their studio album called The Act. Sure. Um, What do you think? I knew you were going to kick it to me. God damn you. Sorry, you, you want me to start off? Yeah. Okay. Let me pull up my notes real quick. So, oh, I did take some notes for some of these albums. Um, I like that we're doing this now. I used to all the time, and then I kind of fell off. Um, Okay. So... I think the Devil Wears Prada is really good at conditioning their fans because this album doesn't sure. feel like a total departure like uh, some of the early interviews suggested. We've gotten these songs in all of the albums, the kind of slow, melodic, mm-hmm. uh, the the nice, pretty songs that yeah. had their place on the album. There was mm-hmm. always like one of them sprinkled in between, right? Sure. Um, and this just feels like they're leaning into that artistic side of it more. Yeah. Um, that being said, this isn't like a total departure from everything they've done before. I mean, like Spiderhead fucking rips. And some yeah. of these songs <laughs> are just like so grossly fucking heavy. And it's like the thread. I thought the thread was fucking heavy, too. Yeah, the thread is ridiculous. Um, I'm, I'm going to pull up the fucking thing right now because I want to talk about some of these songs. Um, OK, so I don't think either of us were particularly big on Lines of Your Hands. I think it has grown on me quite a bit seeing its place in the album. OK. Um, Chemical, I think, is still a fucking banger, best, regardless of... I'm, hot take, best song they've ever written. You think so? Yep. I think it's particularly good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wave of Youth, I think, is probably my second favorite right after Chemical. I think it's particularly great. And sure. the, uh, the picture they paint, or the pictures you paint in mm-hmm. your head, pictures in my head, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's good stuff, man. But I think with a, a, a good chunk of Dover's Prada songs... Or uh, I'm sorry, albums. There's, there's going to be some stuff that falls through the cracks, mm-hmm. and I'm not in love with each and every one of these songs. But I do think it is a really good album. I think my final rating is going to be like an eight for it. I think it's properly good. Um, I don't think they like stray too far from anything they've done prior. Mm-hmm. However, they switch up the ratio. It's like when you're making tea, right? You know how many uh, x amount of grams or ounces tea and then x amount of water right mm-hmm. uh i think you just switched up the blend so you use a little bit more tea this time yeah yeah i think that's what happened here because this isn't uh well, in some aspects it is a really good rock album and yeah. it's a very well produced uh rock song in that aspect but we still have this nice grimy dirtiness that beckons from plagues yeah like you said the thread the breakdown of it like, holy yeah. fucking shit yeah. Yeah. thank you for that yeah fuck. um i like it man i think it's a good album i think probably my number two spot right now if we're not including eps mm-hmm. uh if you give me a little bit more time i think it'll work its way up okay excellent 
so my quick views on it uh we talked about chemical already i think it's a clear standout track i think it's probably one of the higher forms of experimentation on this album absolutely i think it was closer to what you and i both pictured when they were talking about a straight up rock album mm-hmm. but at that point they kind of sold us both on it because it's such a good song yeah absolutely right? um so they did a good job with that uh and i'm gonna say it i think the songs that stray a little bit further away from the traditional tdwp are the better songs the, highlight, so? the highlight songs on this particular track i do like numb i do like um isn't it strange these kind of weird songs um now you talked about the lines of your hands i thought i'm glad that you brought it up because to me in the context of the album it fits yeah I think uh, we, we talked about this same situation last year with uh silent planet you didn't like uh northern fires yeah and then when it aligned in the album it made sense yeah absolutely especially following switchblade which i think was a pretty good opening track yeah um i put it right up there with uh uh dead throne i think whoa 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 yeah, it's a really good opening whoa. track whoa take it easy <laughs> all right um so there's that um what else what else what else all right where am i now i just had him um and to me, it is, and I added this, the, uh, the band shows that uh, has maturing grown up beyond just the scene. They have proven that their dedication to their craft and, and constantly adding new elements lands to, leads to longevity. So I think they've proven their point on that. I think they have proven that they're not just one of those bands from that that era of that genre that will just be kind of a flash in that the pan. That monetize on the looks and the sound. Absolutely. They're genuinely talented people, Absolutely. even though they've lost some of their core members sure. over the years. Absolutely. Uh, I think Mike has risen the bar again. Mike proves over and over again that he's an elite vocalist mm-hmm. in the scene. He's added some very strong singing elements to this album. And um, he's elite, man. What can I say? There's nobody like him. Uh, he's There's one of the very few people who can pull off um, kind of demon dark screams along with like giving this kind of level of, um, oh my God, what's I'm looking for? Um, vulnerability with sure. his vocals too. Um, Put him right up there with uh, Mr. Chamberlain. Sure. No, for real. For real, for real. He's done a great job. And um, Jeremy takes a step back, but I think he's contributing more instrumentally this time around. So I kind of forgive that, especially with losing um, Chris um, between the last couple albums. So um, to me, it's a nine. Um, Nice. I liked it maybe just a little bit more than you did. Did not expect to like, especially with a lot of the early press that we got from it. I was kind of afraid. Uh, Would you put it above Death Throne? No. Would you put it right after it? If we're not including EPs, because everything gets a lot uglier if we include the EPs. Um. Yeah. 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 You think yeah, so? Yeah. I think it's just gonna grow on me more. I don't think I'm gonna get sick of it. Yeah. So. Um. I mean, because there are those albums that you gotta really be in the mood for, like Plagues and Discord. Roots, Roots is that to me, dude. Honestly, I, I think Dead Throne is that for me. But you know, really? we're not gonna get into this again. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it sits at a very comfortable second. Yeah. Spot for overall Devil Wears Proud albums, and that, that says a lot. Definitely in the higher tier. For that sure. says a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. So, man, TDWP, man, they fucking keep keep it turning and they're proving why they are almighty. Good on, stuff. On Talk to me about Thousand Below. So, didn't get to it. I didn't either. Okay. Cool. All right. We'll postpone this yeah. album review. Talk to me about some spite. So, I listened to this on my plane ride, right? Cool. Um, and in case to, you know, maybe keep me kind of focused and... Oh, wow. Straightforward, relentless aggression from a band that got something to prove, man. These guys fucking slap, all right? They're looking to break out from the pack. I think that's cool. a pre- that's pretty obvious. Um, previous to their last album, this is a lot darker in tone. Um, I think kind of the Roots of All Evil title kind of shows. Yeah, it works really well. It kind of shows what they're trying to do. Um, it's hard to tell if this is deathcore or hardcore, depending how you look at it. It's a nice blend, though. Yeah, this vocalist um, she's definitely a very talented individual. To me, 
Um, the ultimate uh, person who shines is the drummer. The drummer fucking he put work. He put work in on this album. He wanted to show that he could fucking drum, and he can. Um, man, I just had a lot of fun with it. Uh, definitely kept me distracted on the plane ride. I definitely looked over some songs again. Um, nothing like over the top. I don't think it's going to make any list or anything like that. But I give it a 7 out of 10 because these guys fucking smack. Excellent. We so. always like to help out kind of younger up-and-coming bands. So sure. be sure to check out Spite and the Root of All Evil. Let's get into another big one. We got Burials dropping an album. <laughs> My uh, God. Prior to this, I thought Varials was good. I didn't think they were, um, I don't know, maybe not my flavor, maybe not my cup of tea sure. or my cup of black coffee, right? Uh, yeah. And then they dropped in darkness. So I follow Trav on Twitter because I think he's pretty funny. And he said that, like, uh, he posted that scene from SpongeBob where it's not, uh, eh, what is that? The, the fucking, it, this isn't your average everyday darkness. Mm-hmm. This is advanced darkness. And it had, like, the <laughs> album cover on it. And I thought that was fucking hilarious. And I was like, there's no way, man. They're already pretty, like, heavy. Sure. And they brought the fucking heat. Um, Hold on. What do, you, what do you think about this, man? Hold on. Let me back up a little bit. All right. So what I thought about it, uh, I think I was kind of in the same boat. I, I don't want to say I, I, I think I might have liked them a little bit more than you because I brought them up a lot, I think. <laughs> uh, but Burials, man, fucking wow. They, yeah, they really stepped up their fucking game they, with this they, album. They impressed. This is a clear kind of thing to where... Um, you, you know that part in a video game where you're like just like an entry level kind of dude and you have like that basic equipment like sure. a wooden shield wooden sword this is when you're just starting to hit your fucking stride mm-hmm. and you're just starting to like min max like your stats and shit like sure. that I feel like this album did a really good fucking job at that and I take it back um, if there's anybody who could do those weird interlude tracks or those weird they, granted they didn't do the opening one they did the weird in, in between tracks though yeah uh, those super atmospheric kind of forty second weird exchange things. Varials has it down to a fucking art. They nailed that shit, bro. So um, this album shows that hardcore music could be more than just chaotic noise. I honestly, I get a little bit of a Deftones vibe from this. I dude, don't. This, uh, I don't know if you get I think, that. Nah, dude, not not Deftones. I get um, just out of Trav. His vocals are very reminiscent in some songs to Corey Taylor's. Oh, I get wow. that. I get that throatiness out of it, you know. Yeah, what I mean? interesting. It, uh, yeah, listen to it with that mentality, and you won't be able to unhear it. Are you, you ready to ruin that one uh, aliens or that one uh, Northlane song because you said it's only like the architects? Now I can't unhear it. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I I love the vocals due to the fact that it has this very live quality to him. It feels like he's actually playing doesn't in front feel of you. Faker manufactured. It yet. doesn't feel like it's like one take. Let's fucking go and like let me take a fucking another drag of my cigarette before we go real quick. This guy fucking delivers, man. This guy is fucking showing. Damn man, I'm gonna step up and I'm gonna be a fucking A tier vocalist because they they're getting there to me. Uh, I think Varials. What they did with this album was that they prevent they presented this very big fucking album, but still managed to make it feel super claustrophobic, super tight with the drum work, uh, amazingly creative with the guitar stuff in there. Um, and I think, like I said, I think Trav's um, kind of delivery in each and every song that he just goes hard on is like a testament that Varials is here to stay. Absolutely. They're going to be, you know, I'm sure people had questions about the Devil Wars Prado when Plagues dropped, when sure. Roots dropped. This is going to be their roots when people start paying the fucking attention right here, mm-hmm. right now. I agree. Um, And yeah, dude, th- I don't think this band's leaving us anytime soon no. in the next decade. I think they're only going to go up from here. And this is my favorite Varials work yet to Ab- date. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. And to me, uh, it's a brutal fight at the top 
of hardcore music of all the hardcore bands that have dropped albums not lose sanction it's a fucking fight to the death between these three albums as far as where they stand um because they've really really impressed really wowed me this time around and i like the last album the last album was fun but this 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 passes fun this is passing me starting to like look through and dissect every little thing every little nook and cranny yeah. all the the pacing of the songs um it determines like the heaviness of it because there's not there's some songs that are slower paced but fucking slap you around a little bit and uh, they've they've mastered that they don't have to go balls to the wall crazy with all the crazy instrumentation and don't need to have fucking 200 beats per minute to fucking kill you and that's where they're at right now and uh, I'm wild there's a couple songs Maze that fucking yeah, Maze is disgusting Maze fucking make ugh and I mentioned this to you South of One yeah South of One has probably one of the best features this year with Brendan Murphy from... It probably has my favorite feature so far. Yeah, he's from End and... Uh, Counterparts. Yeah, Counterparts, yep. And man, these, this album, man, this album delivered. I'm going to... Oh, I'm going to give it the rating. Uh, right now it's an eight. I definitely see room for it to grow on me a little bit more, and we'll see where it falls. Cool. I think it is also an eight for me. Um, it is a very good, tightly woven album. Um uh, on like a very intrinsic layer on the I mean I think with any hardcore music on the top it's it always it's always going to seem like sloppy and violent simply because that's like the tone yeah and that's the precedent but if you look past kind of the that you know that dermis that epidermis right that top layer and you look underneath it you're going to see that uh they went into the studio knowing exactly what the fuck they wanted mm. and they said no turn this knob today sure um good stuff guys i i genuinely like seeing they're not new um but they are coming up absolutely i love seeing that absolutely what else we got featherweight okay so this band came up uh did you get a chance to listen to this i i started to but it kind of faded in the background real quickly sure featherweight so they dropped an album called sleep well uh these guys are from akron ohio oh and this kind of came up on my feed i was like yeah let's give it a little listen man right because uh, we, we love supporting smaller bands out here. Sure. Um, okay, so where do I even begin? Featherweight, uh, this band is, or I'm sorry, this album is heavily towards the lighter side of like the metalcore genre. It feels very light and fluffy, but I think it's the lightness that makes them utilize all their instrumentation and vocal work to its fullest extent. They were a lot heavier prior to this. I think that this change really allowed them to kind of shine through, though. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a fine line between dirty, grimy metalcore and, like, pretty core. And mm -hmm. we kind of saw that uh, that division in the latest Wage War album where they were still trying to do the dirty, grimy, yeah. like, the river that we knew them for, right? And then we got to see, um, I can't remember the, the name of the damn song, but, like, the, the lighter stuff that we really enjoyed. Sure. Um, so this band, um, dude, I don't know how long they've been around for, but they crank out catchy melodies and great fucking choruses like it's their day job and it's ridiculous because they're i mean no offense if they ever listen to this but they're essentially nobodies at the moment yeah and i think what i said about day seeker applies to this band as well they make this album sound much bigger than it is this doesn't sound like some band that has like two thousand listeners on spotify this sounds the production on this album is presented in such a manner that they went to the big dogs the top dogs your a and b list fucking producers that did this shit they did this album a justice and i think that if you're an up-and-coming band and you don't know what to do listen to this and then come back to me with notes because you're going to see everything that they did that maybe you're not doing that's going to separate you from the pack they treat um i don't know if they actually do but to me it sounds like they're treating this band like a business and they're doing what's best for it in both art and artistic sense 
and a like a big picture sense okay. because you know we we know a couple of audio engineers right mm. and some of them are better than the others but there's a difference between going to your buddy that you was that a stab at years. me no 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 no, <laughs> no i'm just saying you. like it, yeah. there's a big difference between going to somebody who you've known for 10 years that does audio producing and somebody that's in a studio in downtown Chicago that does this on a day-to-day basis for bands mm-hmm. for like legitimate bands that are on tour right now doing mm-hmm. their shit. You know what I mean? Sure. And they chose the latter. Okay. And seriously paid off for them. Let's so, check it out. Yeah. Um, like I said, dude, it's, it's on the lighter side, but with the way your music tastes have been followed, like the trends Whoa, this relax. year, <laughs> I think you're going to get a good kick out of it. Okay. Um, and that was my big point, dude. I think they set the bar for, up and coming bands. Okay. And so Featherweight, thank you. That album was fucking great. I like I said, they 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 sat down and they said, How the fuck do we make this catch here? And they sprinkled a little crack on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sorry, we we bought the whole Dave Chappelle show. Yeah, okay. Both, both two seasons. But fair enough. Um Solid Seven. It's properly good. Okay. I'm probably gonna come back around to it. Okay. That being said, um I think that's all our music talk. Well, uh yeah well so we back we'll be back next week for the thousand below the i don't i didn't want to give a quick glance through because i feel like these guys deserve a little bit more than that yeah they deserve more of our time yeah they deserve more of our time more of a de- an in-depth look uh trying to get kubla khan on on the agenda next week the the albums don't stop got ladies and gentlemen like yeah it's, it's been a very busy last three four weeks when it comes to album reviews and it's not stopping which is good news for us because it gives us something to talk about every single week on music news and reviews right Wow, I got that. That's a mouthful, see, huh? See how I got it out like in one fucking breath that time? I probably shouldn't have pointed it out because it makes me look like a pro. But now, now you're like, never going to be able to do it again. Yeah, now I look like a weeb. But I'm going to get into that. All right. Uh, but other than that, that was the Second City Kids podcast. Pretty good episode, if I say so myself. Nice and chunky. Absolutely. A lot of stuff to cover, a little bit for everybody. And that's awesome. All right. Um, we'll be back here next week for episode 137. 137. This was episode 136. 136. <laughs> we'll see you next week, guys. Deuces. Thank you guys for joining us this week on the Second City Kids podcast. You can like us on iTunes, Google, anywhere else podcasts are found. Any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email us at secondcitykids at gmail.com. Until next week, folks, deuces. Deuces.